Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. It's Fantasy Football Weekly, week number eight. Paul Charchian with you. My co-hosts today are... Matt Harrison and Scott Fish. Hey guys, hello. I like this. Did I like you this. survive the Bijan drought? Oh, the tummy illness. It was a Whatever headache. The headache. Sorry, yeah. the headache. Yes, the headache. Did you survive the headache? Yeah, in my guillotine league, actually, I was pretty. That's impressed. impressive. That's yeah. a, he was the most chopped player. Yeah, absolutely. Last week, without a doubt. I I would tell you if I survived if I had him in any rosters. Unfortunately, I don't. Like, we, okay, we get plenty of things wrong here, but. This show identified successfully that Bijan was going to get in this Arthur Smith quagmire of usage. Now, we didn't think he'd have a no-carry game. Right. But we talked about this thing being way more frustrating than we thought, and that Bijan with a first-round ADP. I love how arrogant and condescending Arthur Smith is about having yes. four wins against teams that have a combined eight wins total. <laughs> exactly. And then, then, he's, you know, then he took a shot at fantasy players. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's game on against Arthur Smith as if it wasn't before. <laughs> Lots to get to in this show. We will take a chance on nine players. We'll answer three tough questions. We'll give you three players upon whom you can speculate, mm-hmm. including a player that is so universally desired that Scott Fish and I had to leg wrestle for we, the rights to did. tell you who to pick up. It, we, it was awkward that you guys took your did, pants off first. We did but. take our pants off. We watched film of him, and our pants <laughs> flew off, off and oh, then we leg wrestled. Exactly. Got exactly. it. Exactly. Really weird because Scott doesn't wear underwear. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was strange it was to walk weird. in on. Rams take on the Cowboys. Let's yeah. start by breaking down that matchup, Scott Fish. For uh, this is obviously a great cowboy defense, yeah. that is particularly against the pass. 
Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, right. Luka Nakua. What do you think? Yeah, those are all players for the Rams. Rams yes, I've listed, <laughs> I've listed Rams. For the Rams, no one's benching Cup or Puka. Even in a dud, Cup still had seven targets, and seven is his lowest target day for the year for both Cup and Puka, actually. Dallas' top three rank is mostly due to only allowing three touchdowns to wide receivers, but two of those were to eight-plus target guys. That's what Cup and Puka routinely do. That's right. Uh, 83 in a score, 85 in a score for those two guys. Uh, Puka and Cup, uh, Puka will likely get the tougher DB draw. Maybe Stefan Gilmore there, but you aren't benching either. 2-2 scored last week. He's on the bench, though. Not enough volume since Cup came back. I've same, dropped him in all my leagues. Yeah, same for Higby. He hasn't topped 20 yards since uh, Cup came back. Uh, A's on Cup and Puka if, if you didn't get that. Now, Stafford has the tough draw on paper. But Dallas's deep really feasted on Danny Jones, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Josh Dobbs. The last two games they played, Purdy had 252 and, and four scores. Herbert had 247 and two scores. Stafford's a little closer to them, and he he's top four in pass attempts and yards. Touchdowns are eventually going to come. That's just the bugaboo so far. B grade on Matthew Stafford in a pretty tough matchup, though. Over to the run game. Henderson took on the bell cow role last week off the yeah. couch. I thought, he, uh, I thought he looked pretty spry. Yeah. All of CJ Anderson a few years ago. Remember the end I, of the season? I do. And, CJ... I, and I was such a skeptic. I'm like, yeah. no way. He's not getting. Well, he knows the offense, right I guess, in, right? It. 58% of snaps to 42% for Freeman. Uh, and uh, Henderson took the targets. He took the goal line work. The money should be on Henderson. But you never know with this team. Maybe Zach Evans gets involved this time. You never. Miles Gaskin is still on the team, apparently. Uh, my bet would be on Henderson, but I actually have them both on the bench against this Cowboys defense that haven't allowed a back over 63 yards. Mm. And two, the two times, it, and the two times it happened, um, I'm sorry, uh, the Cowboys haven't allowed a back over 63 yards uh, to that to any back with uh, less than double digit uh, touches. Touches, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, they even held Eckler to 62 yards last week. The boys are touchdown favorites, so I guess the Rams are going to be passing a lot late instead of running. So I got them both on the bench. I don't trust them this week. Over to the Dallas side. The Rams, kind of a weird D for opposing quarterbacks. They've only allowed four passing touchdowns, which, but they're ranked the 12th easiest. Why? Bottom three in attempts, yards, and scores on wow. the ground to quarterbacks. That's where they let it up. Uh, in the passing game, it's 220 yards in a score to opposing passers. But Dak can run. He had seven for 47 in a score just last week. I'm only going to give him a C, though. It's a little tougher draw passing. You need some of that rushing yards. C.D. Lamb isn't going to be on your bench, averaging six for 80 weekly. The Rams only have allowed one wide receiver touchdown but way back in week one. Uh, but Lamb plays 68% in the slot. That's where he's going to get Kobe Durant, whom Lamb has a three-inch, 30-pound size advantage on. Ooh. I'm giving an A grade to C.D. Lamb in this one. On uh, one other mass, uh, matchup in the past game, it's a juicy spot for Jake Ferguson. Second best matchup for tight ends by DVOA. Three of the last four tight ends have scored. I'm giving a C grade to Ferguson here. His yards really haven't been there, but Rams have allowed the fifth most yards to tight ends, so it might happen this mm -hmm. week. Over to the run game, last part here. Rams have only allowed one back over 70 rushing yards, but two hit 70 on the dot. All three of those backs needed 17 touches to get there. 
That said, the Rams are bottom six in receptions, uh, given allowed to running backs, receiving yards, receiving fantasy points. Pollard gets involved in the passing game. He gets 20-plus touches. Uh, the New England and San Francisco matchups were tougher, and that's where he faltered. But he, had a, he went right back to the 110 total yards last week. I got a B grade on Tony Pollard. Pollard's had a quietly disappointing year. It's, it's really he's been he's been a hundred and or a score in four of six. It's just really those he's not having that boom boom game. It's just slightly over a hundred for four of them. Well, he hasn't, ah, he the hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. Yeah, that's I a mean, problem. I, you know, that's, too. A, that's a huge problem. And, and two of the last three weeks were those two tough matchups. Yes, and you know his, his rushing yards the last three weeks. Tony Pollard forty seven. 29 yep. and 30. Yeah. So it's the password. Yeah. yeah. It need, he needs the password, which, you know, sometimes it's a good matchup yeah. here for it. That's the point. All right, Matt, we mentioned the Falcons and I probably should have just started this whole thing. So yeah, we're probably. talking about or Smith anyway. So let's go to the Falcons here. In theory, Bijan Robinson's headache will have cleared by the time they face the Titans, but this is a very good run defense. Yeah, it is. But as a whole, I wanted to talk about the Falcons offense overall. They've topped 16 points only once in the last five weeks. Wow. Most of that's due to Desmond Mitter. Uh, he's like a young NFC version of current Russell Wilson. He doesn't pass the eye test, but he's still putting up decent fantasy days. It's mostly due to his three rushing touchdowns this season, including two in the last three weeks. But through seven full games, he has six touchdown passes and six picks and yardage numbers that vary wildly. The Titans defense shockingly competent against the pass this year, allowing the fourth fewest touchdown passes, only six on the season, and the fifth fewest total passing attempts per game. With all that info, Ritter's on the bench. I will start Drake London with a B grade, though, mostly because he'll line up against Christian Fulton for about half his snaps. Fulton is allowing a 133 passer rating in his coverage and 16.4 yards per reception. If you're like Brian Johnson and you say Kyle Pitts is a slot receiver, the matchup could be a bit juicy for him from the slot. Titans slot corner Roger McCreary missed Thursday's practice with a hamstring injury, which could mean Charch's favorite, Kendall Vildor, oh. may flex into the slot. I didn't realize he was in the league still. still All right. What's what's the book on Kildor? <laughs> Kildor? It's just Kendall a, Vildor. You've just pushed it together. Uh, I did. I got it. Uh, I, I stepped on my own punchline. <laughs> I hate it when I do that. It's just a C grade for Pitts, though, and I'm not starting Jonu Smith because the Titans are top 10 in receptions, yards allowed to the tight end, and they've not allowed Wait, a tight end score that, on the season. Why would you give the worst of the two? Why would you give Jonu Smith the bench grade and Pitts the C grade when Jonu Smith has outscored Kyle Pitts? Oh, because points. according to Brian, Kyle Pitts is a slot wide receiver, and the, the, uh -huh. the slot matchup's a little bit better than the uh -huh. tight end matchup in this one. Although. It is worth noting the John o. Smith revenge game here. So oh boy. it is a John o. Smith revenge game. There it is. And I'll mention this. Brian's not here. We get enough of Brian when he is here. Oh, that's true. We don't need more of Brian when he's not Less here. Brian. Less Brian. Uh, how about uh, a different uh, B guy, Bijan Robinson, uh, was almost absent from last week's game with what was later described as a headache. He had one carry. Tyler Algier ended up with 24 touches, and Cordero Patterson had 10 rushing attempts. Uh, Tennessee has only allowed one runner to top 67 yards this year, mm -hmm. and they've only allowed four total running back touchdowns through six games. It's just a C grade for Bijan, but I expect him to take over the workload again. On the Titans side, Will Levis looks like he's going to get his first start ever for an injured Ryan Tannehill, but Mike Vrabel also said that Malik Willis will get some snaps too, so it's a rare and dreaded quarterback by committee. 
you certainly can't start either of them. Uh, the running backs by committee there uh, are Derrick Henry and Ty J. Spears. Henry and Spears are getting very similar snap counts this season, but Henry's getting the ball a lot more than Spears, and Spears is seeing a lot more work in the passing downs. Atlanta's been one of the best running back defenses in the league. They have yet to allow a rushing score to an opposing back and are only allowing 101 combo yards per game. That's 10th best in the league. They've also allowed the fifth fewest receptions to opposing backs at only three per game. Mm. So with that baked in, Spears is on the bench. Henry clocks in with just a C grade. Lastly, DeAndre Hopkins is the only Titans receiver you'd consider. I'll leave him on the bench, too. He hasn't scored this year. He's only topped 65 yards once, and Atlanta's combo of Jeff Okuda and A.J. Terrell have done a great job shutting down opposing wide receivers. They've allowed the ninth-fewest receptions and eighth-fewest yards to opposing wide receivers. Plus, you're reliant on two backup quarterbacks throwing DeAndre Hopkins the ball. He's definitely on the bench. Vikings take on the Packers. Uh, this could be a big letdown game for Minnesota, coming off an, an emotional upset win on Monday Night Football in a short week on the road against a divisional rival in a must-win game, coming off a humiliating loss. How's that? Like That's like seven variables, oh. intangibles, that all could tilt towards the Packers. Let's start on the Vikings' side. TJ Hawkinson. I think we've gotten to a point with TJ Hawkinson where I can just go, obviously, great, and move on, especially because... There are no bye week games this week, so sure. we're trying to go quickly through these. Let's go to the other receivers. Jordan Addison, obviously red hot with four touchdowns in the past three games and scores in five of seven to start his NFL career. Green Bay allows the third fewest receptions and the fifth fewest yards per game to opposing wide receivers, but this is a banged up secondary. We'll get to that more in a second. Green Bay also allows the shortest A dot in the league at just six yards per pass and the fifth fewest air yards per game. And a lot of what Jordan Addison does is feast on the long ball. If they're able to take that away, it could stymie Addison here. We'll want to watch the status of Jair Alexander, the star cornerback for the Packers. He's been battling a back injury. He's been in and out of practices. If he can't go, we'll elevate Jordan Addison to an A. But right now I've got a B grade on Jordan Addison. Everybody else I've got a bench grade on, including K.J. Osborne, who's only seen a slight uptick in usage since Justin Jefferson's injury. Um, in three games, he's averaging just five catches, 48 scoreless yards. That's just not a lot to love here. This is an above-average secondary. Uh, head coach Kevin O'Connell just doesn't seem to script the big plays to K.J. Osborne. I think he's only startable in easy matchups, and this is not one of them. So I've got him on the bench. The um, The running game for the Vikings is really interesting right now. You can't – I don't believe you can start Alexander Madison. That's a there's a very possible transition happening at running back, and at a minimum, Madison has an extremely short leash. In the second half of the Monday night game, Madison only touched the ball three times. He seemed to get phased out of this offense. He has struggled all year. He has no rushing touchdowns. Get this for Madison: thirteen red zone carries, ten yards. No touchdowns. Wow. For Alexander Madison. Just in the red zone, too. Just in the red There's zone. a lot of yards you can pick up in the red zone still. Yes, you can. And touchdowns in mm -hmm. theory to be scored. Madison uh has struggled. And so I I I I'm just I'm taking a hands-off approach here because I'm worried that Cam Akers is going to get a lot of that work. And I don't think you can start either one of those. Let's go to the Green Bay side. Aaron Jones was removed from the injury report on Friday. That's great news. The rest of it's probably bad news, but man, do they need Aaron Jones in this offense. So let's talk it through. Packers offensive line ranks 25th in run blocking by pro football focus. They rank 29th in run block win rate by ESPN. 
Now, Jones is way better than A.J. Dillon, and their whole season's basically on the line in this game. So I think the I think we're finally going to get a massive uptick in usage because they're desperate. They've got to get Jones back and playing. They need him here. I can't back it up with uh, I can't back it up with any stats. This is really just a hunch that I think they've got to go to Jones. But with this offense struggling and Jordan Love being so inconsistent, they need a big game from Aaron Jones. Um, he faces a very improved Vikings run defense. Non DeAndre Swift runners are averaging three yards per carry and a third of a rushing touchdown per game. All right, let's go to the passing game. I still like Romeo Dobbs. He has posted solid fantasy outings in four of six games, and he's the only reliable Packers receiver leading the team in every receiving category. He runs from the outside. He's got favorable matchups against Caleb Evans and Byron Murphy, Murphy especially, who's allowed a league-worst four receiving touchdowns, including one on Monday night, and a gaudy opposing passer rating of 125 in his coverage, B-grade. For Romeo Dobbs. Let's go to Christian Watson, who clocks in with a C grade. Minnesota's allowed the second most receptions per game to opposing wide receivers, and that's what you need from Watson. We need more catches because he hasn't been a volume guy, but maybe it comes together here. He's caught five or more passes just twice in 17 career games, but he's got the third highest A dot of any wide receiver at 16 and a half, and Minnesota allowing the third lowest A dot at six and a half. Minnesota blitz blitzes constantly. Maybe Watson gets a broken coverage opportunity. A C grade for Christian Watson. Luke Musgrave is not expected to play in this game. That leaves us with a C grade on Jordan Love, who's been very inconsistent. And the Vikings defense rounding into form under new defensive coordinator Brian Flores. The last four opposing quarterbacks against Minnesota have averaged just 225 yards and 0.8 touchdowns. Love seems to be unraveling seven picks in his last four games. He started the season with a deep A dot. He was throwing deep downfield, but Matt LaFleur systematically shortened his passes to try to build some confidence in his struggling passer. But that shortened A dot hurts fantasy. We're here for the big plays. We're here for the rushing. That keeps him a viable fantasy starter, the rushing, I mean. Maybe he can get a little something done on the ground. The Vikings have seen a lot of rushing quarterbacks who mostly haven't done very well outside of tush pushes. Jordan Love, just a C grade. When we come back, nine players upon whom you can take a chance, a segment we call Take a Chance on Me. Find out who you can pick up off of the waiver wire and start this week at Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. We're here for your singing, Church. This is nine players not normally in your starting lineup. We begin at the quarterback position and Matt Harrison. Uh, Kenny Pickett was the preseason darling after posting a near-perfect passer rating in three exhibition games. Mm -hmm. Then coming out of the gate, he played San Francisco and Cleveland. He got hurt and had to leave the Houston game. Returned to play the Ravens. Hasn't faced a bottom half of the league pass defense yet. Every one of his opponents has been in the top half. Enter the Jaguars, who just allowed Josh Allen, Gardner Minshew, and Derek Carr to each throw for 300 yards against them in the last three weeks. In fact, the only quarterback the Jags were able to hold under 20 standard fantasy points was Desmond Mitter. Wow. I love that angle. Kenny Pickett, let's go. I love it. That's actually, that's fantastic. Mm. I just sort of, Kenny Pickett's just so off radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a, I love it. Yeah. Uh, who's your take a chance for me quarterback, Scott? I, I'm going to go with Derek Carr this week. Five of seven quarterbacks to face the Colts hit 300 yards and or multiple scores, except Ryan Tannehill and P.J. Walker, which is kind of understandable. Carr himself has done that in three straight games. Two of those defense were far, far better than the bottom 10 ranked against fantasy quarterbacks and bottom 10 in DVOA Indianapolis Colts. C.J. Stroud goes up against Carolina. He's my take a chance on me quarterback. Multiple touchdowns in four different games this year and a top 12 quarterback in four different games this year. And amazingly, for a rookie. You're, you're teetering I, I on Stroud, Stroud not being a take a chance on me quarterback it, anymore. It, it is. This it's is your last, last one. Chance. In my home league, he is my every week starter. <laughs> Get this. I love him. Here we are. We're heading into the, 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 we're heading into the midway point of the season. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud's thrown one interception yeah. as a rookie. And this despite, as I often mention in the show, eight offensive linemen going on IR, and yet here we are with C.J. Missing Stroud. Tank Dell for a couple weeks. And missing Tank Dell. Great budding chemistry with Tank Dell mm-hmm. and Nico Collins. I love it. Offensive line coming out of this week's bye. 
healthier, and that includes key guys. Laramie Tunsil has play, yep. been playing hurt. Titus Howard's been playing hurt. They're back. Carolina ranks 24th in coverage. They've allowed multiple passing touchdowns in three straight games. C.J. Stroud. Let's go to the running back position. Matt. I'm staying in Pittsburgh, and uh, we brought this up last week that Jalen Warren had outscored Najee Harris in every game so far this season. Yeah. Well, the Steelers must have listened to the show because <laughs> Harris finally won a week. Yeah. Well, he scored a touchdown. Which yeah. Um, right now, it's like a 55-45 split in snap counts in favor of Najee and almost a similar spread in opportunities. When you add the rush attempts and targets, Najee leads 14-11 to 11 on opportunities. What is different is Warren is seeing over four targets per game out of the backfield, and Najee hasn't seen four targets targets in a game this season. The Jaguars on paper look like a middle-of-the-pack running back defense, but they have one big hole, and that's pass-catching backs. The Jags have allowed the most receptions and the fourth-most receiving yards to opposing runners. At worst, Jalen Warren will outscore Najee Harris this week again. (laughs) Scott, your take-a-chance-on-me running back. I'm going over to Houston for Devin Singletary. Oh! Yes, in the final week before the before the bye, Motor led in snaps. Motor Singletary, that is. Uh, is that his nickname? I never knew it. Oh, yeah, it's been his nickname since uh, Florida Atlantic, you know, motor? in college. Yeah, Motor. Motor Singletary. Is it because he likes to motorboat? No, it's got a <laughs> motor, motor that doesn't quit. SOB. <laughs> oh, is that why? Yeah. Oh, uh, are you sure? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, this is a Panthers team that is second worst against runners, allowing 165 well, total to, yards per game. He likes to do some yachting or some, you know, like maybe likes to go. See, uh, I don't know like his personal skiing. life that well. I just. <laughs> uh, it's Florida Atlantic. <laughs> right. Florida Atlantic, where there's a lot of boats. Yeah. And ocean. And, and you put motors on the boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, you guys are fun. The Panthers have also allowed 13 running back touchdowns in seven games. If it wasn't for that dang Miami 300-yard eight touchdown game, they would be the worst run defense in the NFL. I think there's going to be enough work for both him, Devin Singletary, and Damian Pierce in this week. Why do you list Damian Pierce last? (laughs) Why would you? Because that's my take a chance on me runner. Because at this point, Damian Pierce is just just a take a chance on me guy. I didn't list him last. I listened to him with both runners. I think both Houston runners are great this week. Uh, Look, Singletary got a lot of work before the bye week, but this is still Damian Pierce's job. And by the way, this week he came out and said, "This is you know, it's all turning around now. Out of the bye, the healthy offensive line, blah blah blah." I'm using Damian Pierce for all the reasons you said in a very good matchup. Let's go to the receivers and Matt Harrison. I'm sticking in Pittsburgh again. I already told you I like Kenny Pickett against the Jags, and I like Allen Robinson as well. Robinson runs out of the slot on 71% of his routes, which means he'll line up against Jacksonville slot corner Trey Herndon. Uh, In slot coverage, Herndon has allowed the second most yards in the league and the most yards after catch and two scores in the slot and a passer rating of 128, by the way. Deontay Johnson might not play again this week either. And the last game where Johnson was out, Allen Robinson was targeted nine times. You don't oh say. Nine times. As nine Blink-182 times. says, one more time for Allen Robinson. I think what you're forgetting here in the whole Allen Robinson breakdown is he sucks. Oh. Hmm. That that is an important key. Wow, Scott, to remember, you'll take a chance on me, receiver. Yeah, I'm gonna stay in the slot, I guess. If we're gonna All do right. stay in the <laughs> stay in the things, uh, stay in the slot with Josh Downs, wide receiver, Indianapolis Colts, five plus catches in three straight, scored in back to back, had a huge game last week. Part of it was a free play broken play, but that's that's hey, okay. We'll Outside it. of that, he still had a good game mm-hmm. too. The Saints 
have allowed the fewest fantasy points to perimeter receivers. They have allowed the second most fantasy points to the slot where Josh Downs lives. Mm. He plays 83% of the snaps there. It's a good matchup for him. They'll be able to take out the other Last side. Thursday night, the Jaguars went to their slot receiver, Kristen Kirk, over and over and over again against the Saints because yeah. the Saints' outside corners are great. They're, yep. Their slot corner sucks, so that's, that's what yep. they do. I am unearthing the undead corpse of Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, boy. Yes. He, he still plays? Cardinals. Yes, he does. Now, he spent most of the season hobbled by injury. He's off the injury report. He's healthy. He's productive. And the Ravens are throwing the ball again. He's coming off a game with season highs in targets, receptions, and yards. And just eye test, you know, because he's so old, so many injuries. When I expect <laughs> so to see Odell Beckham hobbling around the field, but he actually looks spry. Great matchup this week against Arizona. Maybe the worst set of starting cornerbacks in the league. And Odell Beckham's going to run against literally the worst cornerback in the league, Marco Wilson, who has allowed the most receptions and the most yards of any player in the NFL. More like Marco Polo. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Uh, huh? I, I like where you're going yeah. with that. Yeah. Odell Beckham, you take a chance on me, player. Let's go to uh, the matchups. Saints. Taking on the Colts. Yeah. Scott, what do you think of uh, – well, let's start with Alvin Kamara, who has okay. been a PPR gem yes. so far this season. And 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 that's the good – PPR and just his touch totals, 24, 25, 26, 29 touches. Yeah, and this is even with sense. all the other running backs back healthy. Yeah. He's yeah. stayed. He's kept this workhorse I, role. I don't blame them because Jamal Williams, who is on the bench in his three games – 32 carries for 88 yards. That's 2.75 yards per carry. That's not good. He needs those 17 Lions touchdowns. That's what he needs to be <laughs> to, to work in this offense. A weird thing about Kamara, though, uh, outside the top 35 in explosive run rate, missed tackles per attempt, yards after contact per attempt, he's actually not the explosive Kamara you, that he normally is. Yeah. He's just getting a, a lot, lot of, of volume and yep. a lot of PPR work, but I do have an A grade on him here. Colts have allowed 10 scores to running backs. That's third most, fourth easiest matchup against running backs. A grade over there. That's that's fine. On the passing side, Derek Carr was my take a chance on me quarterback, so I'm gonna naturally I'm going to have a few starting grades here. Uh, the Saints team isn't one you can really peg down a matchup to exploit, a CB matchup to exploit, because... Uh, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Rashid Shahid all play 30% slot, and none of them play 50% over 50% in any location. Mm. They just all move around yeah. all the time and confuse you. Uh, Chris Olave had a couple dud games when Card had uh, those tough matchups, tough defensive matchups. The other five games, he had 10 plus targets in all, six to eight catches in all, averaged 90 yards. Wide receiver ones versus the Colts are averaging seven for 101 on nine targets. That's Olave's job. I got an mm. A for him here. Michael Thomas, picture of consistency this year. Yeah. Uh, kind of. <laughs> He's been between 40 and 65 yards every game, four to five catches every game. Yeah. So. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's getting a C grade. That's about what he is. For guillotine, you will just take those nine or ten points and just, we'll just survive. Yeah. But for any other league, his it's, format, eh. It's rough. And a, and a week with no buys, yeah. I can mm. see you benching him. I'm giving him a C grade because he's probably a lock for 10, 12 yeah. points. Um, what about Rashid Shaheed? 
Rashid Shahid, I have on the bench. He has, no. not, he has not topped 35 yards in the last five I weeks. Know. The usage he had, is low, but he did have seven targets matchup. last week, but yeah. Carr threw it 55 times, so there was right. targets to go around. Uh, over, you know, for the tight ends, Hill is going to be on the bench. He's questionable with a chest injury, and Jawan Johnson's going to be back. Over on the other side, Josh Downs was my take a chance on me wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I also have a B grade on Michael Pittman. I know it's it's rougher on the perimeter, but Michael Pittman also plays 29% slot. He can exploit that matchup a little. He'll get a little bit of his moving around uh, to avoid matchups. Double-digit fantasy points of, in six of seven games for him. He'll get his. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I think he'll probably just get enough to get a C grade. He torched Cleveland's number one ranked pass D last week for 305 yards and two scores, two more on the ground. He also had 300 plus in a score the week before. Part of the deal is he spent two years in Shane Steichen's system in Philly, Steichen's system in Philly before he came to Indy. So he's made good work of it. Um, Stroud, Love, Mayfield even had decent days against the Saints, so I'm going to give him a C grade. That turnover-worthy rate of his is ridiculous, though. I believe it's worse than the league, so that might bite him. But over to the run game. Uh, Zach Moss is questionable on the other side of doubtful. He yeah. missed practice two out of the last three days of the week, missed practice on Friday. So I'm going to give the B grade to uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor here. Oh. He was already turning the corner, but Saints fourth ranked run D. Um, that worries me a bit. The best game of any runner is 63 rushing yards, and that took Derrick Henry 15 carries to get there. They're only allowing 3.5 yards per carry. I think most of that Henry came on one run, too, oh, by the way. Yeah, it's 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 not a good spot. but Colts aren't afraid to run it, though. They ran 36 times against yeah. Cleveland last week. Yeah, That's a good point. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor got 45 yards through the air each of the last two games. He's going to get some there. The workload's going to be large enough to volume C at best, but given how talented it is, I'm going to give him a B. All right. I like it. Uh, Matt, we need to zip through Patriots at Dolphins, and I think we can do it here because there aren't many Patriots to like, and most of the Dolphins are like, you know, pretty obvious plays, I think. Let's start on the Patriots side with Ramondre Stevenson, who's had a lot of struggles trying to run the ball, but he's been helping us through the air a bit. Yeah, he's clocking in at the third worst back in the league at rush yards over expectation right now, and that inefficiency is likely what is giving him eight, 10, and nine rushing attempts in the last three weeks. That just won't get it done. Uh, Zeke Elliott's getting about the same amount of work on about half as many snaps. The Dolphins are a middle-of-the-pack run defense. Most notably, they're almost giving up one running back rushing touchdown per game. And with three of the last four inside the five rushing attempts going to Zeke, I'm giving Zeke a C grade. Ramondre just scrapes by with a C grade, but he's closer to a bench grade than Zeke is. The passing game is a mess, even after a good performance against Buffalo last week. Mac Jones had his first touchdown pass since week three in last week's game and topped 201 yards for only the third time in seven games. That's not a very high number, by the way. And Kendrick Bourne seems to have emerged as a top wide receiver on the roster, which is nice to see. But the Dolphins may get back Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey was kind of rumored one way or the other. In following true Halloween fashion, Mac Jones is about to turn back into a pumpkin and the whole passing game is on the bench. Uh, on the other side, Tyreek Hill, A grade, was limited in practice this week, but it sounds like he'll be good to go. He's off the injury report. So is Jalen Waddell. Uh, he's seen seven red zone targets and five targets from inside the five in just the last three weeks. In the week two meeting, by the way, Waddle had four catches for 86 yards. He's a very solid B grade, teetering on an A. Braxton Berrios, 
Cedric Wilson each seeing more snaps right now, but neither are getting enough targets to warrant a start as of now. Tua gets an A grade for most of the reasons I like his receivers, plus the Dolphins have the highest implied total for the week at 28 points. And finally, there's Raheem Mostert, who is a must-start right now, currently running back two in most fantasy formats. He's had 11 touchdowns this year. That's the same amount as Christian McCaffrey. In the first meeting, he had 127 total yards and two scores on 19 touches. The Pats are bottom 10 in running back touches, receiving yards, and combo touchdowns allowed to the position. So like I say, most start, most must start. It's an A grade for him. When we come back, Eagles taking on the Commanders. Commanders defense. Oh, are there? <laughs> How do you really feel? Uh, are there any Eagles you wouldn't start in this game? We'll talk about that. And there might be, there are some Commanders you would not think about starting. You could play as well. We'll talk about a sneaky matchup for Washington when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. New guillotine leagues forming every day at guillotineleagues.com. Eagles take on the Commanders. And A grades all around here pretty much, including Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and DeAndre Swift. All A grades. Washington ranks 29th in points allowed, 29th in yards allowed. This is a team, this is a defense that is, needless to say, very bad. Let me just emphasize Goddard for a second. 
a clear A against a defense that's allowed four tight end scores in the last three weeks alone. And Goddard scored in both matchups with Washington last year. Devonta Smith's the only Eagle that doesn't get an A grade that you care about. He comes in with a B grade here. He's been very quiet since week two, but he did well in the week four matchup. Seven catches, 73 yards, and you get the feeling A.J. Brown's had so much work lately. I think they're going to want to just distribute the ball and get Devonta Smith back on track. I was seeing a thing last week that even dating back to last year, Goddard and Devonta Smith are the ones that flip-flop. That those oh, two okay, monopolize each other, and right. Goddard's been decent for the last four or five weeks. Well, he has. Washington's allowed the fifth most yards and second most touchdowns per game to opposing receivers, so potentially Brown and Devonta Smith can get fed here. Washington Yay. also allows the third highest A dot, so we could get some deep balls for Devonta Smith. On the Washington side, you're, there's actually some guys. To, I like this passing attack this week. Let's start with a little bit of... Sammy Howell, yeah. Oh, now, he just took another sack. Yeah, exactly. He just did. He might literally. That die sounded on the like field. the pain of Sam Howell that is after a, getting sacked over exactly. and over again. Exactly. <laughs> He's on pace for 97 sacks this year, that w- which would shatter the league record. The Eagles rank sixth best in pass rush win rate, fifth best in pass rush by Pro Football Focus. So why do I still have optimism for Howell? Because teams can't and don't even try to run the ball against the Eagles. So opposing quarterbacks finding their way to really, by and large, good games against Philadelphia, including Sam Howell a month ago when he put up 290 yards and a score. So we're going to give a B grade to Sam Howell here. B grade to Terry McLaurin, who posted a strong game against Philly in week four. Terry? But their secondary was more banged up then. They're healthier now, except in the slot. And we'll talk about that in a second. McLaurin has posted at least six receptions and 80 yards on at least nine targets in three straight against Philadelphia. And the Eagles give up the fourth most receptions and second most touchdowns per game to opposing wideouts, which also brings us to Curtis Samuel, who comes in with a B grade because the slot cornerbacks, Avante Maddox and Bradley Roby, their number one and number two slot cornerbacks are both out. And that means deep backup Josiah Scott is going to man the, the I slot. I like his name, though. He has only seen time in one game this year. That was last week, and he allowed 100% of the passes to be completed on him. <laughs> and get this about Josiah Scott. Last year, when he got more run, he graded out as the second-worst cornerback in the league mm. by Pro Football Focus. Curtis Samuel, B grade. Logan Thomas gets a C grade. He put up three catches for 41 yards in the earlier meeting this year. Eagles are smack dab in the middle of tight end defensive rankings. I'll note, though, he did nothing in this matchup last year with Philadelphia. So a lot of B grades in there for those guys. Here's who you can't start. Brian Robinson. Washington runs at the second lowest rate, and Robinson doesn't catch many passes, so it's just low volume all around, and the Eagles are obviously great. Philadelphia's got the second-best run defense by pro football focus. They have not allowed a single back to reach even 54 yards against them, and they're holding opposing backs to the fewest yards per, per game. It's all bad for Brian Robinson, and there's going to be more on this evolving situation later oh boy. in the show. Tease. In a battle of New Jersey teams, it's the Jets versus the Giants. Scott? Yeah, I only have two startable grades on the New York Jets. I don't think you're starting in in a week with no buys. You're not starting Zach Wilson, who balled out against the Chiefs, but he's been under 200 yards every other game. Mm-hmm. The only Jets receiver you're starting is 
Garrett. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Garrett Wilson. Uh, Jets receivers not named Garrett Wilson had five total catches in the last two weeks combined. Oh, man, uh, I would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> He's averaging five for 61 in a score every and, – and, Five for 61 and a score every three games. He's going up against a D, allowing six for 95 and a score every other game to wide receiver ones. It's Mm. a fine spot. He's better against man coverage uh, than zone coverage. And only three teams play man more than the Giants. I got a B grade on him. I got an A grade for Brees Hall, who's crushed since being unleashed. 70% of the run game work, 287 yards in the last two games alone, catching three to five passes in each. Leads the NFL in yards over expert expectation per attempt. Yeah. So when he gets the ball, he's going farther than people think he's going to go. Uh, the Giants' D is allowing the fifth highest explosive run rate, which is why I bring that up, because that's something Brees Hall has been doing this year. Lead backs are averaging 16 for 89 and a score against the Giants, and that includes Brian Robinson's 8 for 23 and a score last week. Yeah. So without it, it's like 17 for 100-plus and a score that they're, they're allowing. Over on the other side, only a couple starting grades as well. If there are more teams on by, maybe you'd consider Tarod Taylor, who gets a Jets, te- Jets defense that's tough against the pass, but they allow a ton of rushing yards to yeah. quarterbacks. Just the second most QB rush yards, fourth, fourth most QB rush attempts. But he's probably on your bench uh, with no buys out there this week. On the uh, wide- By the way, Taylor could be starting games for like, a month. Yeah, he might. I mean, it, this thing could be this could be a long term situation for Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to count on the run rushing of a quarterback though to give him a starting. No, grade this is not this a good one. spot for him. Uh, Darren Waller, I am giving an A grade too, though. He's averaging about seven catches on eight targets for 76 yards over the last three games. He's facing a Jets D that allows the most touchdowns to tight ends. Five different tight ends have scored on them. Uh, if you're worried about shadowing, Sauce doesn't really shadow. And Sauce and DJ. No, he plays one side. They and play DJ, sides. Yeah, DJ Reed, they don't they, they don't go inside no. ever. Reed, 95% right, 5% left. Sauce, 90% left, yep. 10% right. That's just where they stick. Waller has only one touchdown, but he sees 29% of the end zone targets. Which is great. That's got to regress at some point. No, it doesn't. So you don't think so? I just don't want it to. No, no, no. The the fact that he's only scored one touchdown oh, should that regress. part. You're right. That part should yes. regress. Yes. Uh, Saquon Barkley, also an A grade. Since returning, he's handled 28 touches, 24 touches. Pacheco and Pollard both had 23-plus touches, and they destroyed the Jets. It's the 11th worst uh, 11th worst matchup, for, or 11th best matchup for backs. Uh, just a ton of receiving work they allowed. I, I, I got a B grade on Saquon Barkley. Jaguars take on the Steelers, Matt. Uh, Travis Etienne's been fantastic. This is the this is the angle I got most wrong in the preseason, mm-hmm. and I absolutely accept that fact. And I'm yeah, I've eaten yeah. that L many we times in the show. I'm gonna do it again right now. Uh, the Jags' pass attack, though, has been really, really weird and sometimes indecipherable. Very weird. Talk to me about the passing game for the Jags. Well, I'm going to get ETN out of the way. He's an A grade. The Steelers are allowing 4.6 yards per carry, so that one's easy. Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley both get Bs in this one. Kirk gets the advantage of running from the slot against Chandon Sullivan. Sullivan is one of the lowest-rated slot corners in the league by Pro Football Focus. And then the other corners, Joey Porter Jr., questionable with a calf injury. He's trending doubtful, leaving Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace to man the outside. Both of them on the injury report as well, and both of them have given up four touchdowns already this year. Not good when healthy. No. So if you need a way deep dart throw, Zay Jones looks like he's going to miss this week. Jamal Agnew 
for a D-grade dart throw in this oh, one. Oh. Uh, should be on the field a ton, and he's a desperation guy if you need a score. Evan Ingram quietly getting seven or eight targets every week and quietly averaging six catches in about 50 yards per game. But it's quiet because he hasn't scored yet this season. Pittsburgh only allowing three catches and 31 yards per game to opposing tight ends. So it's just a volume C grade for Evan Engram. I wanted to give Trevor Lawrence a C2, but I like his receivers in the corner matchups enough that I'm bumping it to a B. He's been super disappointing this year. Only one 300-yard game and only two games with multiple touchdown passes. He has chipped in on the ground, though, averaging 30 yards per game. The Steelers have faced two mobile quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson, who had 45 yards, and QB Browns, who only managed 22. So I think there's a chance that Lawrence can get loose for a nice couple of runs in this one, too. On the Steelers' side, Kenny Pickett was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. The wide receivers, Deontay Johnson did come back last week, but hasn't practiced yet this week with that same hamstring injury. If he does go, I'll give him a C-grade. George Pickens gets a B grade. He'll line up most often against Monteric Brown or mm. Darius Williams. Brown is allowing 119 passer rating in his coverage, and Williams has allowed 411 yards so far in his coverage. That's fourth most in the league. Plus, the Jags are allowing over a touchdown per game to the wide receiver position. That was also why I liked Allen Robinson as my take a chance on me wide receiver. The tight end situation is dire. No. Connor Hayward outsnapping Darnell Washington, and I you're not starting Darnell either. I was hoping Darnell Washington, yeah. the big O, would have a, a be a, do a little something here, and it's, it's nothing. Connor Hayward getting more targets and receptions no. than Darnell Washington right now. Lastly, I mentioned a lot of running back stats wait, when wait, I told did you, you that. Did you call Darnell Washington the big O? That's what they is called him at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Lewis Seen told me that. Oh. I would not have known otherwise. Okay. Teammate. Uh, I told you uh, a lot of stats when I mentioned Jalen Warren was my take-a-chance-on-me runner. He gets a C-grade in this one, but I'm going to leave Najee Harris on the bench. The Jags are good against traditional running games, but bad against pass-catching running backs. Jacksonville only allowing 59 rush yards per game to opposing backs, and they've only allowed two rushing scores on the season. It's not his matchup. It's the Jalen Warren matchup. Okay, so I don't think you can do that because he was called the big O because he wore zero. Zero. That's right. He wore zero. You, That's can why you they still call him, call him the big, that yeah, in get the NFL? big O and not the big zero. Yeah. yeah. Well, what? You know, the why didn't he get points, number zero? No, what the I'm fantasy saying, points are a big zero. What I'm saying is he's no longer number zero. So could you still call him that? I don't know. They called him at Georgia, but right. yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, right. We've got just a couple of moments before the end of this hour. Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. I, you know, with Dawson Knox on IR. This could be the official baton handoff over oh, these next four games, could. right? I yeah. mean, this could be it. And not only that, you notice the shift in the Bills' offense. They ran a ton of 11 instead of 12, mm-hmm. Yep, w- but, which is one tight end on the field instead yeah. of two. And By so the way. And look at what happened to uh, Shakir yep. right there. Yeah. Next preseason, we're going to have to shut up about no rookie tight ends ever do anything because Sam this, Laporta and Dalton Kincaid this, this are about to do it. This was a historic class, though. It was yeah. very yeah, well that's talked true. about. Now, that, that part is true. We'll have to. We'll have to. Now, well. The new, the Georgia kid that's coming out, uh, B. Bowers. Brock, Bowers. Bowers. Brock Bowers. Oh man, that's yeah, it's yeah. all over. It could be historic. <laughs> it could be historic. Uh, when we come back, three tough questions. See if you can play along with our panel of experts. Go three and zero. Oh. Also, new leagues forming at GuillotineLeagues.com. You can get into a fresh, brand new Guillotine League. Eleven more weeks of gameplay left. You can start a brand new team. Who would you draft first? Maybe it's Travis Kelsey. Maybe it's Tyree Kill. Maybe it's Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's Christian McCaffrey. GuillotineLeagues.com. New leagues there and all my player rankings available for free. Three tough questions when we come back.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison. Scott Fish with you. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul Charchi and Matt is at Explosive Output and Scott is at ScottFish24. This is a game we call Three Tough Questions. Tough question number one. It's t- oh, you know what I need right now? Oh, what is the appropriate level of concern for Justin Air Bear Herbert? Is it none? Is it some? Or is it a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? Scott. Okay, so I, I feel like I know where this is coming from. There's been a lot of talk about we we can't, we can't have to stop fully blaming Staley and throw a little on Herbert. That's fair, et cetera. He lost Mike Williams. Maybe there's concern there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he was drafted as QB6 in most leagues. You go to Fantasy Pros, it's average QB6. Six, seven, eight, six, six, six. You know, it's it's a lot of sixes. Right now, he's QB8, and the seven quarterbacks above him have not have not had their bye. He's QB4 in points per game. So he is currently exceeding the ADP in which he was drafted. I'm not sure how you could be super concerned with, with him at that point when he's literally doing better than you expected when you drafted him. And maybe you're maybe it's just that your expectations were super high. I'm to blame for that, too. I thought Kellen Moore came in. They drafted Quentin Johnston. It's, it's going to be a career year. He's healthy. Allen's healthy. Williams is healthy. Maybe it's the expectations we're thinking of. But for where we drafted him, I have no concern. I have him in one league. He's been fine. Not blowing me away, but also not not. Not tailing off. Matt, what is the appropriate level of concern for Justin Herbert? None, some, 
or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread. I agree with Scott. It's none for me. Um, I'll add in just a couple of points. Um, His last three weeks have been very under expectation, but the last three weeks were a bye week, Dallas and Kansas City, both of which are top eight against the quarterback position. He's thrown at least one score in every game. He's also run in three touchdowns this season, and he did not run in one last year with that rib injury. Mm-hmm. He's healthy. His per-game passing yards are down a little bit, but his passing scores are up, so I have no concern. The last three weeks are the worst statistical three-game stretch of his career, and I'm not including the buy in that, oh obviously. The last three games. And these are the three games without Mike Williams, by the way. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. His completion rate has dipped down to 57%. Who else is 57%? Well, basically nobody, because you're worse than Zach Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Jordan Love, and Kenny Pickett. 57% in that three-game stretch or overall? In that three-game stretch. Okay, his I was going to say, I think three he's, games. I think his first three games were excellent. And so when you yeah. look at the totality of his season, right. maybe he is quarterback four, but these yeah. last three weeks have been yep. bad. Last three weeks, 218 passing yards per game. Well, who's that? That puts you halfway between Mac. Jones and Baker Mayfield. How about 1.3 passing touchdowns per game? Who is is that? That's Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kenny Pickett. So the last three games, he's played as some combination of Deshaun, Jordan, Jones, Mayfield, Carr, Pickett, Wilson. (laughs) That's not good. He did have two rushing touchdowns in one of those games. Yeah. Mike Wilson isn't, this is all passing. Mike Wilson yeah. isn't coming back. Quentin Johnson hasn't shown any signs of life. And here's a big kicker. Rotowire's strength of schedule shows a brutal remaining schedule. Third hardest, including Ooh. some imminent, very difficult matchups after this week's game against Chicago. And even this week's game against Chicago, as we'll elucidate in a moment, is not the cakewalk you think it is. His non-throwing finger injury shouldn't be affecting him, but maybe it is. I don't know. He'll He'll be better than these last three games. But how can you watch him and think he looks like the guy that we saw before? You can't. It's weird right now. He, and you should have some concern. He's definitely more 23 Herbert than he is 22 5,000 yards, 35 touchdown Herbert. Correct answer is some. Tough question number two. This might be the last time to buy Kyler Murray on the cheap as he's likely, I could start by as soon as next week. Mm-hmm. Are you making a move or are you just glad you don't have him? Matt. I mean, if you listened to me last week, he was my premature speculation. I didn't listen to you last You didn't. Um, they're going to start and feature Kyler Murray as soon as he's ready to go. The new staff wants to see firsthand if he's their franchise quarterback. And a good performance by him could either make him keep the job in Arizona or add to his trade value. If the Cardinals are looking at a top draft pick next April, they might just have to make a move for a quarterback anyway. But that might all be for nothing because... Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 <laughs> launches on November 10th. Oh. And that's about when the Cardinals have to activate him. This well is going to be a disaster. Uh, <laughs> if I could pick him up for free, fine. He can sit on my bench and I'll trade him after a good week. But if I had to pay anything, I'm glad I just don't have it. Scott. Yes. Uh, Scott, just... <laughs> uh, are you making a move for Kyler Murray or are you just glad you don't have him? He was. That's very similar to my answer, except for I didn't have the video game stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, I would pick him up if he's free. And I saw him picked up in many of my leagues this week. I'm not going to make a trade for him. We've seen him playing with injuries. It's not good. We've seen him when he doesn't run a lot. 
it's not good for fantasy or reality, really. Uh, and there are indications that he'll come along slower on the running side of things, even though he's fully healthy. The new staff does seem to like to have designed runs for Josh Dobbs, so maybe that plays a factor. But I'm, I want him for free if I can get him for free. That's about it. Kyler Murray's running will certainly be a non-factor this year coming off the ACL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it comes together next year, but also, you know, next year he'll be in his sixth year in the season, and that's usually when even mobile quarterbacks start to slow down a bit. So there's even if we're looking forward seasons, I don't know that the legs are going to factor in that much, but let's just focus on this year yeah. for a second. Yeah. If I have to rely on fantasy points from Kyler Murray's arm, not his legs. Let's look at what we got. Mm. He's one and a half touchdown passes you, per game. We, we might need an advisory warning like for children. Uh, it, it's not going to be good. <laughs> one and a half touchdown passes per game. Who's that, you might be asking? Well, that's Derek Carr, a third-tier fantasy quarterback. He's 242 passing yards per game. That's halfway between Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter this year. He is not... He is a he's the kind of passer you pick up off the waiver wire. We were always here for Kyler Murray's rushing. And without it, and I couldn't be less interested. Y- you could uh, you could also argue that he's got less talented pass catching weapons now than he and did. less right. of a run game. Yes. Absolutely absolutely could be true. So, I'm totally out on Murray, couldn't be less interested. The answer is just be glad you don't have him. Tough question number 3. This is kind of a roundabout dynasty question, but I, I want to phrase it this way. In next August's drafts, Tajay Spears will be taken in what round, Scott? So uh, we are presuming Henry's going to be gone. He signed a one-year deal. He's probably going to be gone. If he's tra- he might be traded before that, but he's probably going to be gone. Might be the traded the by the time you hear this. People will be down on the Titans offense as a whole next year, probably. That's assumed. Uh there's going to bring someone in. If it's a hyped rookie, maybe that curtails things a lot, a little people love the pass catching running backs. I'm going to list the fourth rounders that went in last year's August drafts, James cook, Alvin Kamara, Pacheco, uh, Rashad white, which is a decent comparable, good pass catcher and a bad. O. before the season, we thought he'd be a little more efficient. Uh, Herbert, same deal, you know, uh, uh, timeshare, but the lead back Javante Williams, these all feel like exact James Cook, you know, good pass catcher in a decent offense. This, this, these all seem like the type of people that Tajay Spears would just slide right in with in a draft. I feel like fourth round is about where a back like this is going to go next year. Matt, next August drafts, Tajay Spears will be taken in what round? Um, I think there's a pretty good chance that Derrick Henry resigns in Tennessee, and here's why. A 2022 analytics survey done by ESPN said the Titans ranked as the least analytically advanced team in the NFL. (laughs) They're so old school. They do all their analytics on a notepad. They just might resign him. They're old school guys, you know. Uh, Let's say Henry comes back, and, and I think that he might. I think Spears is like a 10th round pick. If Henry moves on and the Titans don't come up with another back, I think it's probably like a fifth round pick. Uh. I've hit you guys have hit on some several of my talking points. Tennessee is headed for a total retooling, maybe even at the coach position. We'll find out, although I don't think so. This could also mean, by the way, they retool a very bad offensive line, which could in theory get better as they try to protect whichever young quarterback they they go to. I mean, this is it for Tannehill. You know, I think there's no chance Tannehill comes back. So they'll be retooling an offensive line. I think that could help Spears' case. Let's be clear. 
Tajay Spears is really good. I think he's he good, belongs yeah. in this league. I like league. Right yeah. now, he's pro football focuses 11th best running back. He's averaging five and a half yards per carry and seven and a half yards per reception, which they're using him there as well. Mike Vrabel loves his workhorse backs. And if Derrick Henry is gone, which the likelihood is that he is, Matt's not wrong. There is a chance, but the likelihood is that he's gone. Spears would be the workhorse back. And he'd get a ton of use, including through the air, in a fashion that Henry never was. You know, running backs have largely fallen out of the first round. And what's happened to running backs in the first round this year suggests that's going to happen next year, too. I don't think they'll go in round one where the, there'll be just two or three running backs who go that are highly proven guys. Round two is going to be still a lot of proven guys. Spears is going to feel sexy, new, cool, and he's a really good back. The correct answer is round number three for Oof. Tajay Spears next year. If you're in Dynasty, hold Tajay Spears. Let's get back to the matchup. Uh, Oh, it's Chiefs taking Broncos. It's you. That's me. That's me. This is a rematch from way, way back in week six, Hmm. in which the Broncos held Kansas City to just 19 points. It still got killed because Broncos offense couldn't do anything, but it, it was an impressive defensive performance for the Broncos. I don't think another one's coming here, to be honest. Uh, tra- Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, obvious A's every week. I never spend any time talking about it, and you don't need me to. Isaiah Pacheco clocks in with an A grade. He posted 98 yards in the Week 6 matchup against Denver. Likely gets even more this week. Denver ranks 30th in run defense by Pro Football Focus. 31st, sorry, 32nd in run stuff win rate by ESPN. The Broncos allowed the following to opposing running backs. All league worse. 32 touches per game, 199 total yards per game, and almost six yards per carry, all league worse. Pacheco sitting on what should be a far better game than the inexplicably meh game he had in week six. The wide receiver that we are really excited about is Rasheed Rice. Now, this is going to be a very detailed breakdown coming, so bear with me. Three straight fantasy-relevant games for him, and the last two weeks— Rasheed Rice has seen marked increases in usage with 23 routes run, and then last week, 30 routes run. Those were career highs in both weeks. And another shift to be aware of, Rice started the season running primarily from the slot, but now we're seeing him run outside a lot more over these past two weeks, and that puts Rice into the sights of the one good Denver cornerback, Patrick Sertain. And that could be a problem, although Sertain hasn't been the shutdown corner of years past, That includes allowing Romeo Dobbs to score on him last week. Still, Rice runs from the slot some, and that matchup is glorious against cornerback Jaquan McMillan, who has allowed a touchdown in three of the last four games. Rasheed Rice clocks in with a C grade here, trending towards being an every-week starter. We love him. All the rest of the receivers are on the bench, and you know the whole story on this. None of them get enough snaps. It's totally unreliable. Getting that once-a-month dart throw from any of the other receivers is virtually impossible to predict. Let's go to Denver. Javante Williams looked much better the last couple of weeks. Coming off the ACL, his snap share and his total yardage output has increased in three straight weeks. Last week, 18 touches, 96 total yards, five and a half yards per carry, a 53% snap share, all season highs for Javante Williams. I love it. And the Chiefs' run defense vulnerable, ranking 31st in run stuff win rate by ESPN, 24th in run defense by Pro Football Focus. Denver's run blocking dramatically improved this year. The only hesitation you have on Javante Williams is at what point does the game script become such that they can't run anymore? 
And that's the worry. Yeah. I've got a B grade on Javante Williams, surging Javante Williams. We love Jaleel McLaughlin, love the upside. I love the spark he brings to the offense, but he just doesn't touch the ball enough. The last two weeks, six touches, nine touches, it's just not enough. So I got to keep him on the bench, even though he's ex- he's an exciting player. Passing game, mostly entirely on the bench here. Let's start with Jerry Judy. Just 13 yards in the matchup two weeks ago, no scores on the season, and a brutal matchup in the slot against first-round cornerback Trent McDuffie, who's been fantastic, allowing just three catches and 35 scoreless yards in his coverage. Judy is flat-out droppable in your fantasy league. Cortland Sutton comes in with a C grade in the game two weeks ago. Denver's receivers combined for just 60 total yards, but most of that went to Sutton. He got 46 of the 60, and he scored. He has scored in five of seven games, which helps offset the low volume that he also gets. He's gotten slightly negative matchups on the outside against Legereus Sneed and Jalen Warren. In his last four games against the Chief, Sutton's averaging just three carries for, or sorry, three uh, receptions for 30 yards. I can only get you to a C grade on Cortland Sutton. And with C grades and bench grades on all these guys, I can only, I, Russell Wilson's on the bench. Mm. Hard to start a guy who threw for 95 yards in a game against Kansas City two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll top 95 yards. That's not saying a lot. Let's go to the final matchup of this segment. Texans taking on the Panthers. Yeah. Scott, we've already highlighted some of the Texans we, we love have. in this game and take yeah. a chance on me. Yeah, the whole run game is our take a chance yes. on me runners. Uh, C.J. Stroud was your take a chance on me quarterback. The Panthers are 30th ranked by DVOA. The, the, we're going to like a lot of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Over to my man, Nico Collins. God, I'm so mad I traded him. Can in he be our league. man? Because He is our man. Yes, he's for three, years. three years. Yes, I've loved him so long. Jeremy, Jeremy in my home league, let's work out a deal. I want him back. I want him back. Uh, a grade on Nico Collins, uh, bench slash he's, he's a bench, uh, for Jeremy in my home league though. Uh, and trade him to me. He leads the NFL in yards after the catch per reception, 8.6 yards after the catch. That's insane. That's an insane amount of yards after the catch. I love it. This week, he gets matched up against the Panthers' lowest-rated corner, Dante Jackson, who allows nearly half a fantasy point per target. Nico has a 5-inch, 44-pound advantage against the guy lining up against him. Oh, yeah, and Jackson's passer rating against 146.3. That is brutal. (laughs) It feels like a good spot. Uh, C.J. Henderson on the other side will be covering Tank Dell, who had three full practices to end the week. Likely going to make make it way make his way out of protocol for this one. C.J. Henderson's uh, pass rating against one hundred and twenty eight point one, a good spot wow. for Tank Dell as well. Yes. I do only have a C grade on him though. He, Robert Woods is likely out, so there should be maybe what two more targets for for Tank Dell. Fun. Uh, yeah. Noah Brown came off IR. And actually performed last week, so I'm a little worried there's Noah a situation. Brown might be a sneaky sleeper I'm here. a little worried there's a little situation there. I don't have a starting grade on him, but that's probably why I'm only holding Tank down to his C grade. He had he had a couple really really good days before uh, his concussion, and he was getting twice as many deep ball targets per game than Nico. He's more of the deep ball guy. All he needs is one, and he's going to get you that C grade. I do have a bench on. Bench grade on Dalton Schultz. He kind of showed up scoring in three straight in the games. Tank Dell was out before that. Not so much. I have a bench grade there over on the Carolina side. 
Adam Thielen is the only guy I have a starting grade on. Do you think that's crazy? No, that's normal. That's what you should have here. A grade. I could list his metrics. Houston's a tough matchup for wide receivers, but all the ones that had nine-plus targets had decent, decent, four of them, had decent days against the Houston Texans. Adam Thielen's easily going to get that. That's it. That's it. Uh, All right. Don't start the rest. Yeah. You know, the running back situation has been bad. Um, you can get a, you can S- run a little. On- S- yeah, but Sanders is coming back, and we actually don't. Chuba seems better. Chuba I, seems better. Chuba is better. But, now, if Sanders doesn't go, and Sanders I, was playing with an injury for those Chuba games that they did play true. together. Now, if Sanders can't go in this game, yeah, then I like Hubbard a as, a, as a starter C-grade. here. That's what and I so, have. But Sanders full practices. I, I think he's going. I think he's going too. And yeah. now we got a muddy backfield. But yep. Chuba could end up winning it in time. Yep. When we come back, Browns taking on the Seahawks. There's a lot of moving parts in that Browns backfield. Pierre Strong? Somebody that you could possibly start? Uh, Maybe. Find out when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fantasy Football Weekly continues as we look at the Browns taking on the Seahawks, Matt Harrison. Mm-hmm. Browns offense will be led by P.J. Walker. Is there any part of the passing game that you feel good about here, including Amari Cooper, who's had some big games and some really bad ones? Um, no, I don't feel very good about the passing game. Uh, Walker, by the way, on the bench, it's 
not a horrible matchup, but he's only managed 192 as his high water mark. So he's on the bench as is Elijah Moore. I will give Amari Cooper a C grade based solely on volume. In Walker's two games, Cooper's been targeted eight times in both, and he did manage four catches for 108 against the Niners, but only two for 22 yards last week against the Colts. Kareem Hunt looks like he's going to get most of the snaps for the Browns this week, but Jerome Ford did make an appearance at practice on Friday. Ford is very limited with an ankle injury. They initially thought he'd miss a week or two. I'd still bet it's mostly Hunt's backfield this week with a sprinkle of Pierre Strong if Ford is inactive. They, they, Would you have any great They tried out a bunch of backs on Friday. Too. Oh, did they? Like Kenyon Drake. And, yeah, that's a sign he's not yeah. playing. Uh, Hunt has seen double-digit carries in each of the last two weeks and scored three times. We know he can pitch in in the passing game as well, and he's going to need to pitch in in the passing game because Seattle is allowing only 2.8 yards per carry on the way to only 56 rushing yards per game allowed. Both are the best marks in the league. They do allow five catches and 33 yards through the air to opposing backs, so I'll give Hunt a C grade here. He'll have to get it done mostly through the air, though. Uh, on the other side, it's an it's a really tough matchup for the entire Seahawks offense, but let's start with Geno Smith in the passing game. The Browns are the toughest team in the league to pass on. They've allowed the fewest pass attempts, completions, and yards to opposing signal callers, allowing only 170 yards per game. But that includes Gardner Minshew's 305 yards and two mm. scores last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I pose to you this hypothesis that I stole from another podcast that I heard. <laughs> The Week 6 Browns-Niners game was so physical and draining that each of those teams took just a major step back the following week Hmm. and maybe haven't quite recovered it. Um, So I'm going to give Geno a C grade on the off chance that the Browns are still reeling a bit from some huge physical battles the last two weeks, and their injury report has not looked good. This week, DK Metcalf looks like he'll be back and will play. But Tyler Lockett trending in the wrong direction with a hamstring injury. Metcalf usually runs from the left side where he'll see six foot two Martin Emerson most often. Ooh. Emerson's only allowed a thirty-six percent or only allowed thirty-six percent of his targets to be caught this season. And he's big enough to challenge the six foot three Metcalf. So I'm only giving DK a C coming off the injury. Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's healthy, and he was my take-a-chance-on receiver last week, and he did score yeah, a touchdown, did. by done. the way. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's with, give you one of these. Yeah, there we go. Uh, with Lockett likely out, JSN will primarily run from the slot where he'll get Greg Newsom, who's only allowed a reception nine times in the last six nine games times. from the slot. Nine times. So I'm going to keep JSN on the bench, as will I keep Jake Bobo on the bench, who probably fills in for Tyler Lockett. He gets Denzel Ward almost all game. And then the running game. Can Lockett does go? Do you like yeah, him here or I not? Was say, I, I, I think I, he No, it's still, it's still a tough matchup against Ward. Okay. Uh, Kenny Walker didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday with a calf injury, then was completely off the injury report Friday. Zach Charbonnet practiced Thursday in full, but he's just coming off a hamstring injury. It's muddy the Browns have not allowed a 60 yard runner all season until last week when Jonathan Taylor cobbled his way to 75 yards on 18 carries Zach Moss also had 18 carries and got to 57 yards Walker gets about 18 carries on average so I think we're looking at somewhere between 50 to 80 yards right there and it's not a lot it's a C grade for Kenny Walker do you think Jacoby Brissett gets traded back to the Browns at the trade deadline? I'm I'm thinking that I'm thinking that could happen. He's better than PJ Walker, mm. and with all the questions on on long term about 
well, not long, like for the next month or so, about Deshaun Watson, maybe. Could be. Deep Hadn't leagues, you could pick him it. up. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a possibility. Ravens take on the Cardinals. Some obvious A's on the Ravens side. Lamar Jackson coming off a fantastic game. Mark Andrews has been terrific lately. Well, they are obvious A's, but let's also talk about Zay Flowers. We're spending more and more time on him every week, which I love. Yeah. He's already the go-to receiver for Lamar Jackson, and we're seeing a slow uptick in passing from Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator. Cardinals defense is allowing the seventh most receptions and the fourth most yards to wide receivers. And prior to last week, the Cardinals had allowed a receiver to go for at least 89 yards in five straight games. And I think we're going over 89 yards for Zay Flowers here. Flowers will see plenty of cornerback Marco Wilson, who is the worst cornerback in coverage, as I mentioned earlier in this show, allowing the most receptions and the most yards. So Zay Flowers clocks in with an A. Odell Beckham was my take a chance on me wide receiver. I've got a C grade on him. Let's go to the running backs. Gus Edwards, finally, the breakout game. Now, he was on benches for most of us last week. But the breakout game finally happened in part because the Ravens got way ahead and then they ran the ball. Well, that could happen against the Cardinals right here, too. The Cardinals have the sixth worst run blocking grade by pro football focus. They're allowing the sixth most rushing yards, the fourth most running back touchdowns, and they've got the third worst run stop win rate by ESPN. Gus Edwards. I wanted to give him a B grade. You know, I'm doing it. B grade on Gus Edwards. Mm. Congratulations. On, every, it feels like every time I I've got the, I, I give some mojo to Gus Edwards, he gets like the rug gets pulled out from you? for 35 yards. Whatever. Or his knee explodes. Well, that happened once too, because yeah. I drafted him. Mm-hmm. Uh Justice Hill, tempting because this matchup is very easy. He's on the field off. He's just not getting enough touches. He's averaging just seven carries per game. Gus is getting double that. So I, I I can't give a starting grade to Justice Hill here. He's on the bench. Let's go to Arizona. Amari DiMercato. Yeah. Inexplicably got all the work last week, and I thought he looked pretty Tons good. Tons of pass catching work. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I give him a PPRC grade for okay. DiMercato. I like it. Chipping in three receptions per game. Baltimore has allowed an opposing running back to gain at least 36 receiving yards four times this year, including three consecutive coming into this one. So I think he's going to help out through the air. Baltimore's usually stingy run defense honestly hasn't been that good lately. In each of the last three games, the Ravens have allowed a running back to top 79 total yards, and they've given up two scores in that span. Baltimore ranks 26th in run stuff win rate. So Amari DiMercato has actually got some opportunity here. C grade. Let's go to the passing game. Trey McBride, C grade. With Zach Ertz hurt the past two games, McBride has been targeted five and six times. We love that from the tight end position. But this is a very tough matchup. Ravens only allowing an average of four catches for 29 yards to the position. I think McBride is startable on expected volume here of like five or six targets. But there's not really much upside against a very good defense. C grade for Trey McBride. Marquise Hollywood Brown. Since the return of cornerback Marlon Humphrey, Baltimore's secondaries turned elite, allowing one score to a wide receiver since week two. That's it. The receivers who've had success against Baltimore are bigger physical receivers, and that's not Hollywood Brown. You're hoping for a lot of passing and a lopsided Cardinals loss. The game script does favor Brown, a bit like Amon Ross St. Brown, who had 14 targets in a one-sided game last week. It's also a revenge game. He's had 19 and 15 in the last yes. two weeks. And anyway, anyway, we'll talk about that later. That is a revenge game. As yes. Brian's not here. It's our revenge game, uh, revenge game desk. 
Mm-hmm. But this is obviously a huge one. He took the desk but with him. That was weird. That was weird. The difference, the, the reason it might not be a total revenge game, though, for Marquise Brown, he asked to be traded, and the team said, all right, if you really want to go, we'll let you go. And so, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of bad blood here, but maybe there is. Let's go to our last matchup of this segment. Raiders taking on the Lions and Scott. Yeah. You know, for a workhorse back, I'd like a much better return on my investment than Josh <laughs> Jacobs has given me right now. I know. I looked up volume C in the dictionary and there was a picture of Josh Jacobs uh-huh. there. Yeah, yeah. It all it also said he's, you know, averaging 17 attempts and over six targets per game, I which know. is just he How leads, is the productivity he leads not there? the NFL in targets among running, running backs. backs. Yes. Uh yeah, it, it's really crazy. You want to know how? 2.9 yards per carry. Oh. Josh Jacobs, 2.9. That is not good. Also, and I know you love this, he's converted just two of seven carries inside the five. Wow. That's why that's, he's that's not productive. Killing us. killing us. Poor yards per carry, not scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But the Lions pose the fifth hardest, or fi- and the Lions pose the fifth hardest, hardest matchup for runners. No running back over 64 yards rushing against them. So J- Jacobs is only getting the volume C, and I don't even love it. It's just no. he, get, he gets all those catches. Right. That's going to get him there. Uh, in the past game, oh, I have boy. B grades on Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. I, I don't have an automatic A on Devontae Adams. I'm sorry. You're looking at me like you're shocked. Well, just the quarterback play, right? That's Hoyer was awful last week. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely awful. Uh, but with, uh, with they both have plus matchups against Jerry Jacobs and Cam Sutton. If the quarterback only gets 220 yards, I'm going to guess like 175 are going to those two players. Uh, the Adams and Myers are tied for most targets inside the 10 in the NFL with nine each. You're not sitting Adams. Let's be, let's be honest. Even though he's had a couple duds Myers, you shouldn't be sitting either 95% of snaps over the last four weeks, 31% of the team's end zone targets, which has led to him scoring in five of his six games. Wow. Uh, including three straight 47% of the team's air yards, five plus catches in all, but one game, six plus yard, 60 plus yards in all games. I'll take his five for seven catches, 60 to 80 yards, and he usually scores as a B grade. Yeah. Now, if Garoppolo goes, I feel a lot better. Oh, absolutely. And it really does sound like he's going to go. Yeah, let's hope so. He's put in full practices to Mm -hmm. end the week. It looks like he's going to go. Michael Mayer, I am giving a C grade on. I know he had a dud last week after everybody picked him up and thought he was the next coming. Like, he had 114 yards in two games. Dud last week. But Detroit is the easiest matchup for tight ends. They're allowing 30 to 65 yards and or a score to 10 different tight ends. Uh, tight ends are averaging six for 63 on them. It's just a good spot for Mayer. Uh, over to the Detroit side. I have an automatic A on Amon Ross and Brown, who actually had 19 targets last week, 15 the week before. So 34 total targets in the last two games. A grade on Jared Goff. Commonly joked about as a house cat for how well he generally plays at home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're at home this week. Raiders, middle of the pack, pasty, but let's break that down. Russell Wilson, bad game. Josh Allen, three touchdowns. Kenny Pickett, bad game. Justin Herbert, three touchdowns. Yeah. Love, Mac Jones, Bagent, Bagent, bad games. So decent yeah, quarterbacks, quarterbacks have decent get days. it done. Yes. Top's good quarterback. Exactly. Uh, I have a C grade on Josh Reynolds. Raiders have allowed 18 catches for 141 yards and 20 on 20 targets to the main outside receiver over the last two weeks. Reynolds himself has seen 50 plus yards in five of six games, which is pretty consistently good. Uh, he's also seen a whopping 57% of the team's end zone targets. 
which is ridiculous. He gets a good matchup against Marcus Peters, C grade there. I have a bench grade on Jameson Williams, but 17.42 A dot. This is an interesting spot for, for a dart throw. Sam Laporta, A grade, 5 for 53 and just shy of a coin flip weekly. Sees 31% of air yards. It's a good spot against the Raiders. Got an A grade there. Jameer Gibbs, I think it's an absolute smash spot. You could talk me into an aardvark here. Last week, Deontay Foreman went 100 plus and three scores. Fifth easiest matchup for for runners. Gibbs saw 20 touches last week. Easy spot for him. Yeah, a lot of big workload coming here. By the way, Craig well. Reynolds four touches last week. Yeah. He's not well, and he, you know, still not fully healthy either yeah. for Craig Reynolds as well. Final set of matchups, including premature speculation. Coming up next, find out who you want to pick up now. Everybody else is going to try to pick up next week when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. It's a segment we call Premature Speculation as we give you guys who want to pick up this week that everybody else will try to pick up next week, but they're already on your roster. We begin with Matt Harrison. I've got Jamison Williams, who's 58% rostered in sleeper leagues. In his three weeks back since serving a suspension for sports betting, his snaps have gone up each week. His targets have gone up from three in the first two weeks to uh, six last week. And... Goff and Williams didn't connect in any of those six targets last week, but the average depth of those targets, 22.6 yards downfield. He's going to be the deep threat. And Marvin Jones just retired. 
So it's Jameson Williams all the way. Yeah, did he retire? He's on a yeah. I, yeah. He 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 basically retired to step away from football for yeah. family reasons, okay. but yeah. well, that counts. He's Prem- done. You're premature speculation, guy Scott. I'm going with Trey McBride. Zach Ertz was just placed on IR. I actually picked this before that, but this yeah, <laughs> this yeah, helps I, out. <laughs> More snaps, targets, and yards in receptions than Ertz last two going into that. Two really tough matchups, but after that, he gets three straight bottom four matchups against tight ends. I think he's a standalone okay C-grade star for the next two tough matchups, then a great streak. Just an add on Marvin Mims, if Jerry Judy gets traded, you might want to pick him up. He's like 7% rostered. That makes sense. Uh, Washington's running back situation is bad. Brian Robinson is not working out. Since week three, he hasn't topped 50 rushing yards, and he's averaging 2.9 yards per carry. And last week, your leading rusher for the Commanders was rookie running back Chris Rodriguez. Yes. Junior. he could end up being the starting running back before long because they've got to make a change. You want a fun stat? He only played nine snaps on offense. Nine times? That's seven nine carries. Nine times, you say. No kidding. For Chris the Jet Rodriguez? Uh, yeah. He's built basically like Brian Robinson. He's a big back, a north-south runner, and a potential touchdown scorer. He finished last year's Pro Football Focus's second-ranked running back in the SEC he averaged over six yards per carry in two of the past three college seasons. Washington needs to do something at running back. A desperate team could they turn might to even Chris trade Rodriguez. Let's go to the final set of matchups. Matt, we begin with the Bengals at 49ers. Yeah, Jamar Chase, obvious A. But what about T. Higgins? Uh, he hasn't scored or topped two receptions Ugh. in a game since week two. He's averaging 29 yards per game on the season. He's facing a, a Niners defense that's given up a lot of receptions and yards to opposing wide receivers. The fifth most receptions at 15 per game and the 11th most yards at 160 per game. And he should be mostly healthy coming off the bye week. I'll throw a C grade on Higgins, but I'm still worried about him a little bit. Joe Burrow gets a B. He's going to have to throw. Everyone does against the Niners. They're allowing the second most pass attempts. Teams are averaging 40 pass attempts per game against the Niners. Kirk Cousins managed 378 yards and two scores last week. It seems like a healthy Joe Burrow shouldn't be far off those numbers. Is Joe Mixon still good? No. no. Uh, I can't answer that for you. No, it's, he's not. Also, it's they're no. running it up the middle constantly with him, which isn't good. The Bengals are giving him almost 100% of the rushing temps. He has 96 on the season. The other Bengals running backs have carried the ball a total of nine times. No way. All nine season. Times. Wow. Nine That's times. not... That's nothing. Mixon has only scored once on the season as well. Volume is king, though. That's why he gets the patented Scott Fish volume C here. Mm -hmm. Uh, San Francisco allowing 94 total yards to opposing runners. Nearly all of that goes to Mixon. Another running back who takes almost all the work is Christian McCaffrey. He's an A grade. Uh, Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold are the quarterbacks for the Niners. Purdy felt concussion symptoms on the plane ride home from Minnesota Monday night Mm. and was limited in practice on Thursday and Friday. Almost zero players who've been put in the concussion protocol have played the next week. But it sounds like Purdy's lined up to play. expected to go. So we either get Brock Purdy, who's also looked pretty shaky at best for the last two weeks, or Sam Darnold. Matchup, not good. Uh, The Bengals are top 10 in completions allowed, pass yards, pass touchdowns, and interceptions taken away whoever is the quarterback for this game i'm leaving them on the bench uh debo samuel already been ruled out with a shoulder injury that leaves brandon Ayuk and Jawan jennings as the likely focal points with questions at quarterback it leaves much to the matchup and 
The Bengals are a top 10 defense against the wide receiver position. They've only allowed four touchdowns to the position through six games, and only two wide receivers have topped 70 yards this season. With Debo out last week, Ayuk only saw six targets. In fact, he's had exactly six targets in four of his last five games. I'm going to leave all the wide receivers on the bench. George Kittle is the only receiver I would start. Tight ends with any type of talent have done well against Cincy this year. Mark Andrews had five for 45 in a score. Tyler Higby had five for 71. Zach Ertz scored against them. That's about all the talent they faced. I'd like Kittle to be the top targeted wide receiver, not wide receiver, but receiver overall this week. I'll give him a B grade. You're leaving Brandon Ayuk on the bench. Yes. You're insane. That okay. guy is yeah, awesome. No and chance there I'll is do that. no chance I'm leaving right, Brandon yeah. Ayuk. They're, they're not targeting him enough. I, I, they don't have to. It, He's still no, Brandon. No, the no they, 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 they literally do have to target him in order for him to make fantasy points happen. Uh, that is true. Now, you're, you're, we're going to agree to disagree. Okay. Bears take on the Chargers. Dante Foreman's been great, but. Roshan Johnson is now back. He's cleared the concussion protocol. I believe Roshan Johnson's going to be a factor here, and he's going to water down some of these carries. And they will limit Tyson Bajan's usage, so there's going to be a lot of running coming in this game. Um, and no Justin Fields to house all the touchdowns at the one and two yard line, so that's good too. If the Bears wear those weird orange jerseys, do we call him Bajan Orange? Oh, I love that. Mm, yeah, That's well awesome. <laughs> wow. Foreman has converted all three of his goal line touches into touch uh goal line goal line touches into touchdowns. So we like him there. Chargers are a good run run defense and a terrible pass defense. So I can't put Foreman on a massive game here, but it's still a solid one. Uh without Roshan Johnson, I had him as a B, but with Roshan Johnson, I've got him as a C. Johnson could play spoiler here, but we can't start him either. Let's go to the passing game. Tyson Bajan, shockingly competent in two games with basically one bad pass in these one and a half games that he's played. Almost all short passing last week for Tyler Bajan, um, which doesn't really translate into fantasy points. His only he had, his only bad pass was a deep downfield pass, and I think Luke gets he's like, well, we won't do that again. We're just going to keep it short. But the Chargers allow the fourth longest dot and the most air yards, so maybe there is some deeper passing to be had. Chargers have tape on Bajant now, which the others really didn't have as much. So they're going to try to take away whatever he does well. Chargers are allowing a whopping 335 yards and two passing touchdowns per game. Those are gigantic numbers. So I think Bajant's startable. I've got a starting C grade on Bajant in this one. DJ Moore with a great matchup. Chargers allow the most yards and the most touchdowns per game to opposing wide receivers. They're Pro Football Focus's fifth lowest graded coverage unit. And cornerback Michael Davis loads the third most targets and the second most receptions and the most passing touchdowns per game. And on the other side, Asante Samuel loves the second most yards and yards after the catch. It's bonanza for DJ Moore with a B grade. It's bonanza. Cole Komet, two very good tight ends have hammered the Chargers. Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson. But Komet's nowhere near those guys. And Bajant's avoided him in the two games so far with only two catches for nine yards in the, the game and a half he's played. So uh, Komet did extra pass blocking last week to help with Bajant's uh, 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 pocket. So I I just, I know it's a tight end, but no bye week. Bench grade on Cole Komet. Yeah, that's probably fair. Austin Eckler. 
Almost gave him a B grade against a better-than-you-think Bears defense here. Chicago is allowing only 3.4 yards per carry. No runners top 72 yards against the Bears. None have scored on the ground since week three. And the Chargers have the sixth-worst run-blocking grade per pro football focus. But the Bears are allowing the sixth-most receptions and the second-most receiving yards to opposing running backs. And Eckler, obviously, elite receiver, so A grade. All right. What about Justin Air Bear? Three straight disappointing performances have got me rattled, as discussed earlier in this game. Let me tell you a little bit more about his receivers and a B grade for Justin Air Bear. Keenan Allen, just a B grade. The loss of Mike Williams hasn't helped Allen, averaging just five catches for 57 yards in the full games without Mike Williams. He runs primarily from the slot. Allen will see the seemingly improved and now healthy cornerback Kyler Gordon, who has not allowed more than 29 yards or four receptions in his three starts this year. And here's the real shocker. The Bears improved secondary has only allowed one receiver to top 65 yards all season. You know, Bears defense is not that's, as bad as you think they are. That's a really low mark. That 65. is a low mark. Heard, so wow. Keenan Allen, just the B grade. I know it feels like smash spot, but just the B grade. Josh Palmer's been very good since Mike Williams went out, averaging four catches, 90 yards, no touchdowns. But they'll see a lot of elite cornerback Jalen Johnson. How good is Jalen Johnson? He's pro football focus's number one ranked cornerback. He had the two picks last week in his five games. Johnson's only allowed 10 receptions for 11 yards and an elite 22 passer rating in his coverage. That's unbelievable numbers for Jalen Johnson. After one of his picks last week, he gave the flashing money symbol sign. He wants to get paid by the Mm. Bears, and I think they're going to have to do it. So Josh Palmer, just the C grade in what could be a difficult matchup with Jalen Johnson. Uh, Gerald Everett's battling a hip injury and super low volume, but he has scored in back-to-back weeks. He faces a Bear team that's allowed the second most tight end receptions and the ninth most tight end yards, so I'm giving you a C grade on Gerald Everett, but he's got to make good on, like, three targets, which is pretty tricky to do. But maybe he does it here. Tight end wasteland, C grade for Gerald Everett. And I hope uh, between all of those receiving numbers with the Bs and the Cs, that's why I've got Air Bear, Justin Herbert, with just the B grade. Before we go, this is that time of year where go pick up some backup running backs. We're about to hit a bunch of buys. Zamir White, if uh, yeah. Josh Jacobs gets injured. Tank Bigsby, if ETN gets injured. Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez. Get yeah. some backup Ajay running Spears. backs out there for that yep. stretch run. Yep. That's uh, that's what you got to do. You got to start thinking about some possible vultures. If you missed any part of the show, you can check out the whole podcast, Fantasy Football Weekly. And also, of course, new leagues forming at guillotineleagues.com every single day, basically guillotineleagues.com and all my player rankings available there for free as well. That can help you with your bench start decisions if anything was left unanswered in this show. Talk to you next week, everybody. Best of luck. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.